guess that's counting. Lock Talk Radio. This is all is about all wine. about wine. A talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009, featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert Ron. Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebcr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebcr. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's why. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you. There he yeah, is. The, yeah, the little whistler in the background. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you had to talk. He's quieter and he's in the background and he still whistles. But that's, you know, that's good. Welcome to All About Wine. If you are listening to this live, it is March the 23rd, 2023. If you are not listening to it live, thank you for listening to it on archives. We do appreciate the support. Um, so, and uh, today, Mike and, and I are just talking. I'm sorry, go on. That's where we've been since 2009. Sorry about that. It's just been, that's right. yeah, been going. You're absolutely right. Yep. Wait, we we should have a uh, an anniversary right about now, shouldn't we? I think we passed it, but uh, Did we? yeah, it would be yes, yeah. It was like uh, March. Oh, I even forgot what date it was. It was like the first part of March, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, I, was, I was thinking March, around the uh, tenth, probably. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, we passed it. We passed our anniversary. Uh, what was it? Fourteen years, two thousand nine to twenty twenty three. Fourteen years. Wow. It's sort of an insignificant anniversary. The fifteen years that that'll be a bigger one. So. Oh, okay. So these are these don't matter. No, these don't matter. <laughs> it's, it's you know you get milestones like ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty five. Yeah. You know. So. Okay. Yeah, we'll do fifteen next year, and then then we'll have to have a special show or something. You know, okay. get get cards in and from the president yeah. of the United States and from uh, uh, the yeah. head of uh, uh, head of England. Uh, who's that? Prince Charles yeah. or King Charles? Now I think I mean, is it King. Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, I think so. King Charles. We'll have to get him to give us a shout out and stuff like that. So we'll do that on our fifteenth. Yeah. yeah, we we missed it, but. It's just that we're preparing for the 15th, which is going to be, this is going to be huge. This is going to be big. So, so yeah. <laughs> we've got, uh, Mike and I were talking about what was going on, and we concluded that nothing. It's just been sort of like a slow week and uh, not much happening. Now, this is here in Florida, although the weather has been an issue around the country, especially California. We talked a little bit about that before we came on air. And, oh, my gosh, I mean, floods and all sorts of stuff going to be happening there. It's already happening. It's going to get worse. But 
uh, don't know how it's going to affect the grapevines. I saw an article uh, which I'll address a little bit about the rains, but the uh, snow and, and rains, and it's just that time of year too, because I mean it's just you know getting bud breaks in places and stuff. So I'll call uh, California Grape Growers Association and see if I can't get somebody on, or if they will just talk to me about it. Uh, but what is today? The yeah, okay, we got another. Thursday in this month because on the sixth we have a guest so we got one more Thursday this month and then we got guests coming up in April we've got uh, I've already got one book for the sixth and there's some others that I am in talks with so yesterday started Ramadan uh, the greeting I believe and if I say it wrong I'm sorry Ramadan. Mubarak, 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 M-U-B-A-R-A-K, which is basically Happy Ramadan. So if you have any friends, uh, co-workers, anybody who celebrates Ramadan, it's Ramadan Mubarak is the greeting. I think there's an unbelievable number of people in the world that, that are uh, Muslim. Uh, oh, I just saw numbers. How many billions of people. Here we are. Uh, there are 8 billion people in the world and about a quarter of them are celebrating Ramadan, uh, which is fasting from sunup to sundown every day for an entire month. And it is the holiest month of uh, on the Muslim calendar. This year is from March 22nd to April 21st. They fast during the day. They can eat at sundown, and they must stop eating at sunrise. But uh, they fast for a month. And they said, don't try to do it yourself just to lose weight because they said most people will end up, most Muslims will end up gaining a little weight because after not eating all day long, they tend to overeat at night. So... It's not a method to lose weight. It is a religious celebration. So, again, uh, Ramadan Mubarak, and uh, have a good month. I don't know if there's anything that is done at the end of Ramadan. I know it's a religious celebration, but I don't know if it leads up to something, anything like that. I'm not not real familiar with that. Okay. Uh few things to to pass on to you to talk about and <coughs> excuse me and uh, tell you about Tablas Creek if you're not getting that blog it's a very good blog I've talked about Tablas Creek blog before and uh, they are uh, really a, a they uh, cutting-edge winery, and they've done a lot of stuff that others haven't, like putting their premium wine in a box and selling it for $99. Whoa, that's really something that is, well, different, if you will. So, Tablas Creek, just go to Tablas Creek blog 
and uh, check it out because they really do have a lot of interesting stuff. The uh, grower and winemaker do the blog, and they uh, they do a great job on it. So, as uh, blog Tablas Creek T A B L A S Creek. Castle Ridge Winery in Iowa. Uh, their uh, their what's this? Garbanza bean chicken salad. Uh, they have a recipe for it uh, this month. Uh, and uh, wine of the week is their Steuben, and they do have their wood fired oven pizza night every Friday. Reservations are required. And I think they're still doing reservations for their tastings, too. Yes, they are. Reservations for their tastings. But they're located in southeast Iowa, about an hour from Des Moines. So uh, if you're in that area, it's it's beautiful little winery. Give them a call, make yourself reservations, and stop by and uh, give them a visit. So that's Tassel Ridge Winery. And also, uh, well, I lost that too. Oh, here we are. Whispering Oak Winery. There's Whispering Oak is in Florida. They are located between, what, well, not really between. They're located just west of Ocala and Gainesville, that area there, uh, off of, uh, what is the road, um, County Road 475 in Oxford, uh, Florida. And they have all sorts of stuff coming up. they got Mother's Day uh, celebrations at Whispering Oak. I believe you're going to need reservations for that, too. Yes, reservations for Mother's Day uh, dinner. And they have an Easter event coming up also. Uh, reservations, again, are required to celebrate that. That's coming come April 9th, by the way. That's Is that Easter already? April 9th? Wow. And uh, right now, they are doing blueberry picking. Uh, almost. Uh, the uh, opening day is pretty soon. They're not quite ripe yet. But they're doing blueberry picking. They have a bunch of blueberry plants. They do a lot of blueberry wine, so it's the same grapes, or grapes, same berries that they use in their wine. And they also, on April the 6th, have a for, uh, piece of Woodstock, P-E-A-C, piece of Woodstock. It's a tribute to the 60s and the bands that played in Woodstock. And they also are doing a 5K run on April the 2nd. And then live music on the weekends. And then every weekend they have their steak night, which reservations are required. $32 per person plus the tax gratuity and alcohol you may purchase. All that is coming up at uh, the winery up there. Uh, they to Contact them, 352 749 and that is uh, Whispering Oaks Winery up in Ocala, north of Tampa, west of Gainesville. So 
if you're in the area, something to check out. Uh, okay, nothing on this page. Uh, I've got different things I've looked up and saved to talk to you about, and let me find them. Oh, okay, here we go. SVB, Silicon Valley Bank. You all, I have heard of this. You've heard of the Silicon Valley Bank, SVB, closing, bankrupt, whatever the reason was, uh, it is closing. One thing I'm sure you're not aware of is that Silicon Valley Bank was involved in the wine industry. Why? Yes. I never knew that myself until I started reading a couple articles on it. It says the pain level, and this is a quote from an article that I saw, the pain level for the wine industry will depend on how big a role wine lending played in the bank's business. This was unclear over the past weekends, despite SVB's prominence as a wine industry leader. Hmm. Excuse me. So SVB was very big in loaning money to the wine industry. Um, you heard about some of these other things, but I don't think I saw anything about the involvement with wines and grapes on that. It continues to say that involvement and any shockwaves will ultimately decide what happens to land values as well as to grapes and bulk prices. If wineries are forced to sell land or grapes to raise money to meet loan obligations, prices for each could fall since the supply will be greater than the demand for either. Interesting, I thought, which if they are loaning money to areas in Pasarobos or Napa, uh, Livermore, I mean, you can just go on and name a whole bunch of areas around there that SVB was close to. If they're loaning monies to any of those areas, they we could see some transactions here of wineries being sold to get out of this deep debt. Uh, some of the uh, and, and something else about SVB too, they are not federally regulated. They are state regulated. And that's something I just found out, which I thought, whoa, that makes a difference. Because when you're federally, federally regulated, you are tied by certain federal rules. But when you're state regulated, it's a different set of rules. And California is somewhat liberal in their rules anyway. So SVB stretched out that possibility away. So it, the FDIC's goal will be to liquidate SVB's assets for as much as possible and return the money to the insurance fund. And uh, that's what's looking at. But uh, Reynolds, uh, uh, what's his name? What's his first name? Uh, Oh, well, there's his picture. Where is it? What's his name? Uh, 
is looking at the uh, uh, new foreign currency exchange rate based on the country's wine exports. Okay, this is a bid to boost greater competitivity, uh, thank you, in the wine sector. And it's similar to an initiative established in the soybean sector, which was the so-called soy dollar, which was established in 2022. And it was announced by Economy Minister Sergio Massa at a recent AGM, which I don't know what it means, for the Argentinian Wine Corporation. He said on April 1st, with the exchange competitiveness that the state puts in place for development, we must have more Argentinian wine in the world. Massa was quoted saying, he also said, this aims at strengthening export competitiveness, adding markets and consolidating the growth uh, of those who generate 330,000 jobs in Argentina. Great production in Argentina is estimated to have dropped 21% over the last year due to weather conditions. So he's looking at doing uh, wine dollars, just like they did soy dollars to try to help the business grow. Okay. And it's being backed up by the exchange rate in international markets. So it just, you know, if you've done it with soy dollars and it's been going on with that, then it just may work. So good luck to them. Argentina does a lot of exports, so it may be a very lucrative move on their part. Okay, here's something that really caught my eye. I read this and I went, oh. When I say Prosecco, what do you think of? Italian wine. Italian sparkling wine. Italian champagne, if you will. But Italian sparkling wine. Yeah, me too. I don't think of anything else but that. But Prosecco is also what Australia calls their sparkling wine. I didn't know that. I never thought too much about Australian sparkling wines. Now, this is from the southeast corner of the country. But there is a battle. There is a true battle between France, uh, I'm sorry, between Italy and Australia over Prosecco and the name. Now, (laughs) Prosecco is a grape also. Okay, mainly it's a grape. Prosecco is a grape. And so the Prosecco sparkling wine from Italy is a name of a grape that's sparkling wine. You know, I won't read you the story here, but let me tell you about this this here. So it's, it's, it all started the word Prosecco it all started back when Paris Hilton yes the celebrity from Hollywood who is famous for being famous in 2007 she signed on as the celebrity face of Rich Prosecco R-I-C-H and which is a canned sparkling wine that 
offered club kids and young adult consumers a slice of affordable luxury. The can was a gold can and it sold for three dollars. All right. And it was, you know, you have yourself a sparkling wine in the club and you got a you know, pst, not beer, not not soda, but Prosecco, sparkling wine. Hilton at the time was at the top of her TV reality, uh, our reality TV stardom. And so therefore it was quite well braced by people because everybody knew who she was and all that. And it was a big time publicity blitz. It had flashy advertising and uh, she was uh, filmed in club appearances and she also would be on late shows like she was on Late Show with David Letterman. Yes, he was still around at the time. And she would uh, drop the line that it's like Italian champagne, yeah, she said in an interview and stuff like that. So Italian Prosecco producers tolerated this. Uh, and the Italian champagne references because it was getting the name out there. But some disapproved of the Prosecco's name placement within the hypersexualized advertisement. Um, Hilton, uh, Hilton did pose nude in one advertisement with gold body paint, and uh, the Italian's Prosecco group or area did not go for that a whole lot, which seemed funny because Italians are a little bit more liberal than than Americans, but oh well. Uh, So, uh, let's see, where am I? So, uh, they were fearing that the can represented a low-quality expression, and it would cheapen the wine in the minds of people who drank it. But a Gianluca Bissell, who is president uh, and producer of Bissell 1542, uh, was the one that was behind this. And uh, he's, he's now one of uh, Prosecco's DOCG regions in the Alpine foothills north of Venice. And they said that that's what delivered the final insult to them because of uh, where it was. There was a video on the Internet of Hilton in the hills, and she was holding this horrible can, Bissell said, whose family has made Prosecco on those same hills since the 16th century. In a certain way, you can thank Paris Hilton. It's thanks to this that we realize altogether that this was a problem. Okay, so in the late 2000s, the region's producers made an effort altogether to protect the integrity of the Prosecco brand and they established the new Prosecco DOC appellation in um, northeastern Italy and all the rules around it, which you can and cannot be labeled Prosecco. Now, nearly 15 years later, 
efforts have created a significant sticking point, they call it, in the trade with Australia and the European Union. Australian winemakers who have produced wine from the Prosecco grape since 2001 want to continue labeling their wine using the term. Whereas Italian producers insist that Prosecco is a protected geographical designation rather than just the name of a grape. Oh boy, here we go. This is the critical point here. And Italians wish to use a pending European Union-Australia free trade agreement to force Australian producers to drop the word from their labels. Hmm. In other words, you know, as some sort of stopping the trade with Australia, just like China has done. And China has done this. They've stopped trade with Australia because of, with um, Australian wine because of trade arguments and stuff. Now, hundreds of millions of dollars are really at stake here with the outcome of these negotiations. They expect by the end of uh, this month or into April, they should have a, a decision. It says that the representatives will attempt to resolve the issue in the signing of the treaty. But what happens when the grape is also a place and also a wine? You can name a, a, a place, a designation of a place, which is okay. There's there's nothing wrong with that. Burgundy is a good example. Champagne itself is another good example. And Italy has some of their own, too. Uh, Chianti is a good example from there. And so, therefore, you can. these are regions that are designated and nobody can use them. But we've got an issue here with a wine, or with a grape being also a place and a wine. Now, a little background on the Prosecco in Australia, which uh, made it there in the 1990s, and it was taken there by the Del Zotto family of, oh my gosh, I'm going to destroy this, Valdobiodine. They wanted Prosecco's historic places for cultivation, and now one of its three DOCG regions. The Delzados planted their first Prosecco vines in 1999 in the King Valley in Australia's southeastern state of Victoria. And Prosecco now grows in 20 regions across Australia and has evolved into a valuable, they say, valuable component of the nation's wine industry. For growers, Prosecco grapes fetch the second highest price of all white wines out of Australia, second only to the Riesling grape. And producers, both domestic consumption and export value, are growing by double digits. Uh, again, to give you an example, at the 2000, 
sales values reached $130 million in U.S. dollars or $200 million Australian dollars. So it's a big, big part of the Australian economy, especially in the southeast area. Now, Italian producers want the Australians to stop using it. When uh, in 2009, when they moved to secure and expanded protected geographic designation in Italy's EU recognized DOC, which DOC is uh, Dominion di Originale Controllata, I said that wrong, or Control Designation of Origin. Uh, Italians have produced sparkling wines in parts of Northeast Italy for a long time. Prosecco's became a major seller, and the region has turned toward the cultivation of the variety a lot. And with the DOC, it would protect Prosecco's Made in Italy brand. This export into the you know big money areas for the region. The only problem is nomenclature. Wine appellations are geographically designated areas tied to place rather than grape varieties. Like I said, winemakers in Burgundy and Champagne are protected. And people in California and Chile can't label their wines Burgundy or Champagne, but they can use the grape name Pinot Noir and Chardonnay, which is completely legal. But Prosecco wines have long been made from grapes widely recognized by the name Prosecco. So what do you do? I mean, this is, is this is the dilemma. You, you, you can't... Uh, well, so the Italians, 2009, changed the name from Prosecco to Glera, G-L-E-R-A. This is a synonym for roughly the same variety. So Prosecco ceased to describe a grape variety, at least for the Italians, and instead described a style of sparkling wine and a region named for the tiny Italian Sylvanian border town of Prosecco. So now they're saying we call the grape Glera, and Prosecco is a protected name of the region. And Australia is saying, oh, that's BS. We, it's, it's Prosecco, and we notice Prosecco has been called Prosecco. And there is the argument. It's a Prosecco's big business these days. Italy's Prosecco DOC sold more than 638.5 million bottles last year, netting some $3.2 billion. Wow. More than 80% of that was exported with 20% going to the United States alone. So it's clear why Italy wants to protect the name Prosecco and keep it on their bottle because that's what people think of. But you've got to understand Australian too. The producers feel Italy's after-the-fact rebranding of Prosecco as a region rather than a grape is something of a sleight of hand, a rug pull, if you will. The Australian producers worry that codifying Italy's manipulation of the Prosecco term 
in a major international trade deal could produce unforeseen ripple effects. And that's a good point, too. Uh, The Australian Prosecco boom has proved to be a bright spot in the wine industry of Australia. Uh, Chinese import duties imposed in response to a trade dispute in some cases, the tariffs reached 200%. Wow. This is nearly a 20% decline in total Australian wine exports last year to China. And China was Australia's largest. So when you have a trade dispute, uh, that's what Italy's trying to do with Australia, this trade dispute. While the industry at large took a hit, domestically produced Prosecco wines thrived. This is Australian domestic, sustaining thousands of jobs and contributing to nearly $180 million net U.S. dollars and economic output generated by King Valley tourism alone. Tourism alone. Winemakers there turn investment and in turn, invested countless millions in the necessary infrastructure for Prosecco production. So, it is uh, really, really out of hand. It says that a signal to us that if we lose the right to use Prosecco variety name Prosecco, what's next in terms of that precedent? And that's a legitimate question. Prosecco side, allowing wine regions to unilaterally and retroactively bring great variety names under the protection of geographical indications is a much greater threat. It cites Italy's recent success in protecting the great variety name Vermentino, a name used in many countries that have historically cultivated the Vermentino grape, and we do here in the United States. Many French wineries, for instance, now label their Vermentino wines using the synonym Rolle, R-O-L-L-E, Rolle, or Rolle, Rolle. So, it's getting a little, little crazy on this stuff. Uh, let's see, a recently signed trade agreement between EU and New Zealand includes the term Prosecco in a list of European appellation terms that New Zealand has agreed to protect. So as a result, Australia's Prosecco principal export market will soon be closed to non-DOC wines labeled as Prosecco. So Australia won't be able to sell their Prosecco to New Zealand because New Zealand is agreeing with Italy that Prosecco is a region and you can't put it on the wine. It just, you know, the problem is, uh, if you put Australia's shoes, you can understand, what else do I call it? But for Australian winemakers who have invested millions in Prosecco production in order to sell Prosecco wines to consumers, the loss of that labeling term creates both frustration and confusion along with a significant loss of sales. When you have an appellation that's the same name as the variety, that's complicated. It's a mess. Prosecco is a bug in the system. And they call it Glera, Glera, G-L-A-R-I-C. And I looked up 
grape, Prosecco grape, and it's not listed in my search for grape varieties. And this is an unbelievable number of grape varieties, and it's not listed. But Galera is listed. And in uh, parentheses, they have Prosecco, or in brackets, they have Prosecco wine, Galera Prosecco. And it talks about the wine grape characteristics, Prosecco or Galera. And it tells just basically a synopsis of the same story I just told you about what's going on. And it says, to complicate Glera Prosecco matters further, the Glera Prosecco variety is, in fact, several varieties rather than a single one. Although some authorities claim there are tens of sub-varieties and biotypes, in practice, these are boiled down into three key forms. Prosecco Lungo, L-U-N-G-O, Prosecco Tundo, T-O-N-D-O, and Prosecco Nostrano, S-R-N-O-S-T-R-A-N-O. Replace Prosecco with Glera as appropriate on each one of those. To add further complexities in the Coli Uguni, the, and the varieties go by their local synonym, Serpino, Serpina. So it's, it's it's crazy. The whole thing's crazy. I just I think of Prosecco. I think of Italian, but I don't think of it as a region. Uh, Burgundy. I do think of a region, and uh, all those others. I can just start naming. I think of regions, but I don't think of Prosecco so much as a region. Uh, Glera is grown in Italy. Ninety-eight percent of the growth of the Glera is in Italy. And this chart shows Australia 2% of Glera. I wonder if they call it Glera down there, and that's why it's only 2%, or I wonder if they call it Prosecco down there, and it's still only 2%. Then Brazil, Argentina, Germany, and Moldova all have a small 0.01% of growth. So... uh, Interesting, interesting story. I thought this is a little bit crazy. And the name name designation, name of place designation is really, I, I don't know, it can get out of hand because they're talking about doing it with cheeses, they're talking about doing it with meats, they're talking about doing it with uh, uh, just all sorts of stuff. Um name designation and uh, it can really hurt other areas that go by these names or use these names so I don't know it's uh, a little bit crazy on some of that stuff I think and getting a lot of hand on some of that too so you know Uh, okay let me uh, Go through some other stuff here. Okay, Silicon Bank. I just talked about that. So, uh, Argentina Wine Dollar. I've talked about that. The Napa Valley Grape Growers Report. Uh, low smoke uh, burning. Low low smoke taint. They said it's. Uh, in the latest report, the grapes are not really being uh, 
infected by the fires and all that that they went through. The grapevines are robust and doing well, and it's not a problem at all with the smoke and problems they had over the last couple, three years. So that's good. They've uh, they've cleaned it up since then. So, uh, excuse me. Okay. Uh, I talked about that, that, that. Okay, those are done. Let's go to this. And there's a couple of things I'm going to talk about here. Mm. Uh. United States, excuse me, U.S. breaks records in the bulk wine imports. We have imported new record highs, 49.4.9 million uh, liter. That's up 10.2%, which is an all-time high. But by the U.S., is down by 27%. That's the lowest it's been over 15 years. So this is not good for the industry. We're shipping mostly to Canada. And, uh, oh, wait a minute, wrong, wrong chart. Uh, Getting from Canada, top bulk wine suppliers. Okay, Canada. We're getting more from Canada than anywhere else shipped here. Chile is second, Australia third, New Zealand, South Africa, Argentina, Italy, France, Spain, Portugal, and then others. Uh, these are our importers that were. That it talk wine suppliers, yeah, importers that we're getting. Um, and this is the top bulk wine supplier to the U.S. is New Zealand, number one, then Chile, Australia, Canada, France, South Africa, Argentina, Italy, Spain, Portugal. So pretty much around the world we're getting imports. So the top market is going out of the United States. Is U.K. France, Denmark, Germany, Canada, Belgium, Japan, Sweden, Netherlands, Norway, and then others. Uh, but the, the charts, comparison of the charts is just nowhere near as encouraging as, uh, let's see, top markets for bulk wines shipping out of the United States. United Kingdom is the biggest one, 76.7% of the bulk wine shipped go to the United Kingdom, then 8.1% to Germany, and then France, Denmark, and all that. They all taper off from there. So, wow, uh, quite a big imbalance we have right now, shipping so much more in than we're shipping out. Uh, not can't be good for the for the wine industry. California was talking just a year ago about how uh, how well they were doing about shipping to China, and I don't know if that's if they're still keeping up the volume to China or not. 
So, okay, let me see. Uh, well, no, Garyan wines. Uh, there's something here I want to talk about, and I can't see it. Uh, hmm. Well, I don't find it now, so it must not have been that important. And let's see. No, that's not it. This article is talking about California wine exports resilient in the global market, led by strong growth in Mexico and some Asian markets in the EU. So California is shipping to, to other places. Uh, wine producers, Sonoma, grape user fees, Oregon, Asian market, Italy's Australia bubble, uh, battle of Prosecco is coming to a bubbly head. Uh, is that a new article? No, that's the same thing there. Uh, China is looking at lifting its tariffs on Australian wine in June. That will help Australia a lot. Plus all the floods and everything they're having there. That's something else that's not good for Australia. Uh Low alcohol wines are all the rage. I'm not going to, I was going to talk about low alcohol wines, but I've been talking to a guest or talking uh, about booking a guest that is an expert on low alcohol and low alcohol wines and knows all about it and everything, the market and the whole, whole bit. So I'm not going to talk about this. I'll wait until we get that guest in and then we can just talk with her. More Australian wineries bound for the U.S. This is something that's unusual too. Some uh, fair share of Australian wineries are branches in, in the United States. And uh, I'll get that out later. Uh, and they said that it's, the benefits are great because they can do the wines and um, successfully in Australia coming here, they can increase their volume and it would save them so much money on export and shipping and everything else. So we may some may see some Australian brands pop up with the United States as the place that it was made, which would be interesting that... Uh, see what type of style. I mean, we get different ones that we're so used to and have it made somewhere else might be an interesting. The new website that's out now is targeting the harms called by the three-tier system. I am not a fan of the three-tier system. Uh, that's where Basically, I talked about the three-tier system before, but wineries, well, 
what goes in alcohol, basically about talk wineries. Wineries are can hold two licenses. They can hold a manufacturer license a, or a retail license or a distributor license, but they cannot hold all three. They can only hold two of them. And most of them hold the manufacturing and retail, and then they sell the, or then they have a uh, distributor distribute the wine, and so then that way they don't have to worry about the, the third thing. And the three-tier system uh, of alcohol distribution is basically producer, wholesaler, and retailer. They're all different licenses, and they all have their different privileges. Um, but producers are only allowed to sell to wholesalers, while wholesalers are the only entity that is allowed to sell to retailers. Unless you have a wholesaler license, then you're not supposed to change it. Uh, I'm not supposed to sell directly to retailers. It, it's crazy. It, it really is. And this has been going on a long time. This is, well, I've talked about this before. This is from prohibition, basically, when they stopped prohibition and signed the, what is, 21st Amendment back into stating that we were no longer going to have prohibition. And they decided that the best thing to do here, instead of giving too much monopoly to any one group, they decided to do the three-tier system and throw it, the federal government threw it back at the states and said, okay, here's the three-tier system. We want to follow this. Now you're in charge of it. And ever since then, it's been a fiasco. That's why uh, you, you can't ship out of state a lot of times and all this stuff. It's just, it's all a fiasco. But the three-tier system is ridiculous. I mean, it just, uh, Florida State's winery had all three licenses. We got all three licenses. I think it was just simply because we snuck in and got it and, and nobody questioned it. And I kept the three licenses up until I closed the winery. And it was... Uh, it, it it was good. I used it well, and it was something that uh, worked out well for me. But it's you, you couldn't do it again. You couldn't get all three licenses the way it's set up. But <clears throat> excuse me, they're uh, looking at doing something else now. They're looking at uh, fermenting changes, and uh, which will change the regulations of the three tier system. And, you know, give people a full access to the market. Uh, in fact, this paragraph here, the last paragraph on this article, and the last one I'll do today, actually. The three-tier system was created in the early 1930s after repeal of prohibition and with the goal of preventing the problems that preceded prohibition more than 100 years ago. What's needed is a new alcohol regulatory approach that addresses the primary concerns and issues confronting society and the industry in the 21st century, not the 19th century. There you go. I agree with that. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm a big advocate against the three-tier system. I think it is absolutely antiquated, and it creates more problems than anything. 
If you want to use a distributor and you're using one and you're happy with them, fine. That's great. That's wonderful. I, I'm not saying you should do away with that. But I'm also saying that you should not be forced into using distributors. And the way distributors work, I mean, they're enormous. There's maybe six or seven enormous ones around the country. I, it, and I mean, like, you know, they, they a distribution for like 20 states and stuff like that. And uh, so, but maybe we can get an up-to-date... Well, no, we won't because Congress can't agree on anything. So there's not going to be a national consensus for this from anybody. Oh well. <clears throat> okay, I'm I'm done. What's what's happening this coming week? Nothing. I don't think there's any holidays or anything coming up, is there? Uh, Easter's in a couple of weeks. And let me see what this. I'll pull out my calendar here and see what we got. That's April. Let's go back to March here. Today's the 23rd, which is National Tamale Day. All right. Go ahead and have yourself a tamale and a glass of. Well, it depends on how the tamale made. I like tamales. Um, a glass of white wine, I think, will go good with it. Uh, Saturday, Maryland Day. Uh, this is Monday, National Spanish Fiala Day. Uh, Tuesday, American Diabetes Alert Day. I didn't know that. Next Wednesday is National Vietnam War Veterans Day. Uh, this was put into practice just a few years ago by uh, President Trump. And uh, it's uh, there's a lot of Vietnam veterans out there that have never been acknowledged and so I think it's a great idea that they're doing something like this so uh, if you haven't already had your tamale for the day do that and the next Wednesday uh, welcome a Vietnam War veteran home because when we came home we were not welcomed and so whenever I see a Vietnam War veteran I always welcome them home so you should do the same and that's it. There's nothing else going on here for the next week. Let's see once there's anything on this calendar. No, jeez. And let's see when's Easter. Easter is the ninth, so it is coming up pretty soon here. Wow, sooner than I thought. And Mother's Day is the 14th of May, so that's what. And the first day of spring has already sprung on us, and so we are now, it happened Monday, so we're now in springtime. So, there we go. Okay, I'm done. Yeah. You know, what's sad is, is that Vietnam vets and armed forces and all them, they only get one day. And I don't, uh, I don't think that's right. Um, it should be, uh, you know, Thank you. honored and, and recognized more than that. Uh, I think they are now. Own. I think I, I think veterans are being recognized more now, which is a good yeah. thing. I mean, it's, it's yeah, a lot it's different like, now. Uh, it's not like, you know, Vietnam Veterans Month, Armed Forces Month, you know, that kind of no. thing. That's what I'm thinking. Like, you know, um, would, I think it yeah. should be more than just do a day. Parades but, and, uh, you know, yeah. give discounts for yeah. thanks. Okay, for the month of 
mm-hmm. March, you know, Vietnam veterans can get a free cup of coffee or something like that. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah that would be nice. Good so, point. Uh, more than just World War II veterans were welcomed home, and Korean veterans were just sort of ignored. Vietnam veterans were spit on, and now Iraqi and uh, uh, the uh, wars over there in the in the Middle East, those guys are embraced a lot more. But there was that gap in there where the country was in turmoil, and they took it out a lot mm-hmm. on the veterans. You know, so that's yeah. too bad. That's too bad. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, uh, like you said, we have one more Thursday in uh, March. Wow, we're doing uh, five shows this month. <laughs> Are we really? Is there five shows? Uh, it's one, two, yeah, three, four, five. Second, yeah, second wow. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so uh, next one will be March the 30th, and um, we will uh, be back live. So uh, I think yeah. I don't think there's anybody else here. How delayed are we? Fifty-eight. Oh yeah, we're <laughs> three minutes delayed. Three minutes okay. delayed on, the, on Facebook. Uh, yeah, yeah. On the well, on streaming. However, that's going on. But um, we'll talk to you next Thursday, seven p.m. Eastern time, live right here. And uh, thank you all for tuning in. Have a great week uh, and weekend ahead. And um, uh, we'll talk to you soon next week. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Be safe out there. Thank you. Go. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. That's right. That's it. And it hasn't even started yet. (laughs) Something else. I don't know. It says it's 8 o'clock and 15 seconds, and I don't think so. So, oh, the green room. (laughs) We can at least turn Blog Talk Radio loose. (laughs) All right. All right. Yeah, I'll try that. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.